Hey, 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 drama listeners. Happy Halloween week, or I guess whenever in time you're listening to this fantastic episode, we have a Jay Harrison G. I just wanted to pop in, say hi, thank you for listening. We are almost at our two-year anniversary, so you're going to make sure you want to be subscribed, follow us on socials, make sure you're ready for all the fun we have ahead literally next week. So you're going to be gagging so... Anyway, I also want to tell you about our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, where we've got over 50 bonus episodes for you to enjoy. And we come at you every single week with an extra episode where we dive into culture, theater, anything you could possibly want is on the Patreon. So make sure you go subscribe $5 a month. You get to support the podcast and enjoy all of the gifts that we have to offer. All right. Now time for the show. Press play, curtain of an hour in, it's time to take spin, the shade and tea to spill, ooh, the drama, oh, that's a tweet, did they book, who got nom, they option no, oh, I'm not well, what, what star will we, we talk, talk to today? today, oh, that's a gag, honey, say no more, drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life even in, in new, york new york city, city. and, the, and world. the world dylan speaking of life i have to tell you something that i meant to tell you before we started recording but i knew you'd, yeah. I knew you'd get a laugh out of this one you'll never guess what i've been listening to all morning and it's it's dark so i, I think i need to just like warm. will it make me like sad like is it like a mood music no it's just is it there a pop opera because i always get depressed when i listen to that okay you're kind of on the right track in a way but it's it's the riverdale carry songs you know you need to be you need to be (sighs) treatment needs to be sought we need a wellness check on connor right now (laughs) what's wrong with me i'd be fine if it was carry but not the riverdale i know it's so dark it's so i mean i had to warn you but that is kind of a spooky a spooky show and a spooky vibe yeah Yeah, i've been listening i've been listening to rocky horror Love. Well, you saw it the other night. Locally. I saw it the other night. My boyfriend is assistant directing, assistant choreographing. Get those credits in there, honey. <laughs> the local production. And it was really cool because they're doing Young Frankenstein during, at like 7 o'clock. And then most of the cast is in the 11 o'clock Rocky Horror. And so they're playing like completely different roles. Like the girl who was, I think her name is Elizabeth in Young Frank. She was then Janet in Rocky Horror. And Frankenstein was then Eddie slash Dr. Scott. It oh was God. so it was so interesting. Are they exhausted? Um, That's like a lot. Oh, I don't know how I don't know how they did it. It's very Dana H. Is this a room plan and rap? It's like <laughs> I don't think it's the same cast the... though. That's oh, not the same cast. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But I wanted to throw out you know something topical, Dylan. But, but I will say I've been listening to the the uh, 2000 and 2000, 2001 revival of Rocky Horror, and it made some points. Leah Delaria as Eddie singing oh, yes. Hot Shooting. Come on, love Come on now. That. And I'm just sad that we're not together to do our usual spooky sisters activities. I know, I know. But listen, I'll see you soon. You were here in the, in town and we actually covered your trip on our Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com backslash the drama podcast to plug where we talk all about all the different shows we saw and things we did. So everyone check that out. Connor, are you a hit series that was on television for a few years? Because I think you're shameless right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You know what? I've never seen that program. I've never taken it in. I know, but there is one Halloween activity that okay. is coming up that we, we we decided last year with Mr. J. Armstrong Johnson would be a new tradition because he was our Halloween episode last year. Oh. And oddly enough, we have another J this year, but we'll get into that in a second. Yes, because two there J's. Is the, <laughs> two J's. This is the return of the Sanderson sisters 
I put a spell on you. This year it's called the Sanderson variant, which is ah. hilarious. I love it. And it's going to be on um, October 28th. So the day after this podcast is released, I believe. Oh my God. Love, love, love. Well, I know. You will so definitely be watching. In. And I would love to bring in our guests because they are part of it as well. Love. Dylan, would you do us the honors? It is a true honor to welcome our guest today, who is a North Carolina native, beloved and best known for starring as Lola in Kiki Boots internationally on tour. And of course, Broadway. He is the first diva who was an established drag queen known as Crystal Demure to step into Lola's boots. Literally. Before becoming a Broadway star, our guest performed all over the world from Tokyo Disney Sea Resort to Norwegian Cruise Lines as a lead vocalist. Of course, you also might recognize our guest from High Maintenance on HBO and recurring on the Netflix series Raising Dion. He led the musical adaptation of The Sting opposite Harry Connick Jr., as well as regularly stars in the Muni shows, including Kinky Boots and the buzzed about recent production of Chicago as the notorious Velma Kelly. In honor of spooky season, you can catch them in front of the pod, J. Armstrong Johnson's annual Halloween show. I put a spell on you, the Sanderson variant on October 28th. And up next, our guest is appearing as Andre Mayhem in the highly anticipated Broadway production of Mrs. Doubtfire. Today, we are joined by the definition of a star. Please welcome to drama, Jay, Jay Harrison, Harrison G. G. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God, you guys. Um, that <laughs> intro. Uh, thank you so much. I'm like over here, like, I don't know if I'm blushing. I think you're blushing a little. Just a I little can bit. See. <laughs> You're you're a humble you're a humble humble queen. I love it. Welcome to drama, Jay. Thank you guys for having me. I love your glasses. Thank you. Turning a little little sophisticated look this Sunday afternoon. Just try, you know, just a bit, just smart and casual. Yeah. Well, it's a delight to have you. Thank thank you for joining us on this on this day off. I know you're in tech, right? Yeah. Yeah. We started tech. Oh my god. So you're tech. Obviously, teching again has and for the show Mrs. Doubtfire, of course. Yeah. And. Have they changed the show at all since you were in it last? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they definitely took this this time off to make necessary changes that we were already going to start doing. We had done three previews before we got shut down. Um, so they definitely took the time to really just put in the work and make some fun changes and tweak it. And we get our first audience this week and it's exciting. Oh, my God. Do you feel ready? Oh, yeah. Like I'm so it, getting back on stage was like, oh we're back. We're okay. We're doing this. We're doing this. All right, let's go. I love it. Yeah. Now I do have, this is a pre dose of drama, dose of drama that you need to answer this for the people. Why do some marketing materials just say doubtfire? Listen, this question has been posed to us so many times. And I was like, did I miss an email? Did we rebrand and no one told me? I, ooh, I, so I don't have a definitive answer for you on that one. Um, That's okay. I did, I'd give it to you, but yeah. It's the way, it's like some people abbreviate other shows, like Phantom of the Opera is just Phantom, you know, it's. Yeah, like you say Doubtfire, you know what, like there's no other Doubtfire, so. Right. While we're talking about it, I'm curious how the show came into your life because you did do it in Seattle, right? Yes, yeah, okay. I did the out of town. Uh, I actually sent in a self-tape for Doubtfire while I was doing Kinky Boots at the Muni. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that's how I got a part of the production. And you're the role who's like the the brother-in-law. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Aunt Jack from the movie. Um, so I get to help create Doubtfire. So I'm hoping you get a little like makeover number or something like that. Of course. It, it's a musical. We wouldn't. 
we wouldn't deny you what you want. <laughs> so it's a full number. It's so much fun. It's really fabulous. And we have a really great time. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait. I haven't seen the movie since, I mean, it's been over, it's been 20 years at least. Should I rewatch it before I come see the show? Absolutely. Refresh yourself so that you know, you know, it's it's the movie, but it's live theater. So we flesh it out and we give you the full realization of it. And it's, yeah, we're so excited to share it with audiences again. Oh, that's so fun. Now, has the whole cast remained the same from when it was supposed to debut in March of 2020? Yes. Um, unfortunately, one of our cast members passed away literally a year ago today. Um, oh, my goodness. It wasn't COVID. Yeah, it wasn't COVID related, but she passed away. And Doreen Montalvo, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I forgot about that. That was a year yeah. ago. So, um, but other than that, everyone has returned. And last night uh, at the end of tech, we honored her uh, by ending our tech in a, a large circle. And her husband came and joined us. And they actually framed one of her costumes that's going to hang backstage with us um, so she's always with us and we continue to honor her and we love our new cast member Jody who's replaced her and Jody is so fantastic oh, that's that's so beautiful I appreciate you saying that I was so distraught when I heard about that a year ago and yeah. she thankfully had a nice legacy as part of the in the heights movie still and it's nice to know she's still a part of Broadway as well oh, yeah. um I, I am excited to see the show. I think it's my most anticipated show of the of the season. Wait, I have a question. Are there kids in it? Yep. And they haven't aged out in the in the pandemic time? We everyone's come back and they're yes. opening the show. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, that would have been so heartbreaking. I know. And Avery, who plays our youngest uh a child, is her Broadway debut. So it's so exciting. Oh, I love That's it. So fun. Okay, wait. So there is another there's a we really dove right into the I know. That's all, just how it is. <laughs> I know. We actually do usually like to kick off our episode by asking all of our guests. Are you well? Jay, how are you doing? I am well. I'm 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 really good. Like I said, it's it's good to be back to work and I love the way in which we've returned. Um our producer Kevin McCullum has really brought us back to work in a a great way with the the first couple of days we checked in on our wellness and had uh, virtual meetings with uh, people from the uh, Actors Fund and and really taking time to honor what we've experienced with losing Doreen, with what we've been through in the pandemic and taking the time to check in on us as individuals and as humans before just diving back into the work. So that's been great. And I feel it's really set us up in the room for success to move forward and really make changes that are necessary in our industry. That's fantastic. Yeah. And have you worked with a lot of the people in the show before? No, um, I've worked with a couple people here and there or knew them, you know, through friends, but we have forged this family that is so special and so unique. We just look around at each other at work every day and we're like, how are we so lucky? You're fierce, you're fierce, you're fun, <laughs> you're fabulous. This is everything. Oh, I love it. And I am, I am just in awe of Rob McClure, who I think was one of, it's like, one of the beating hearts of the Broadway community, the, the videos that he made during the pandemic. Oh yeah. Were so touching. Yeah. He's that man is incredible on and off stage. Truly. He's the best leader we could ask for in um, Doubtfire. And he is uh, unreal in the show. Like you must come see him because it's the work he puts in every night is mind-blowing truly oh you're so you're so generous with what you talk about your co-stars and everyone I else i know they'd say the same about you jay i heard that you know if obviously if the pandemic wouldn't have happened rob was 
probably the front runner for the Tony Award for Best Leading Actor in a Musical. We'll see what happens this year now. I mean, listen, it's early, but the Tonys are coming up sooner than we than we think. Listen, you know? Jerry Zacks tells us not to to talk shop too much about our work, but I, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say it's going to be hard to put in more work than what Rob McClure is giving the people, truly. Like, he's, I mean, he has 31 costume changes alone in the show. Oh, my God. That's more than Katy Perry in the California Dreams tour when she did Hot and Cold. Honestly, honestly, yeah. <laughs> deep cut, deep cut for anyone who's seen the Katy Perry documentary <laughs> when she does all the costume changes. But that's a lot. So is Rob basically, we're getting like kind of into the nitty gritty of a show only three audiences have seen so far. But um, is is Rob on stage most of the show? Is it kind of like an Elle Woods role where they like basically never leave the stage? Oh, for sure. You're And to again, to watch him go in and out of Doubtfire and all the things, you're like, wait, what? Uh, 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 you're like, how is this humanly possible? Um, that's why I show up to work every day and I'm like, sir, how can I assist you today? What can I do to make <laughs> your job easier? Because you need all the uh, support you can get, like yeah. truly. Oh, that's oh my so God. Cool. He's, he's so great. Dylan, didn't we see him in the Something Rotten tour? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was terrific. Because this is the same songwriting team as Something Rotten, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, they're clever. Carrie and, yeah, Carrie and Wayne Kirkpatrick and John O'Farrell. They're, the writers are so incredible. And uh, they too are part of the family in such a way. We just, we have a grand old time. Oh, my God. I'm so glad. Now, you just stepped off of doing, you know, another iconic show. In, in a bit of a twist on, on the typical casting, you were Velma Kelly at the, over at the Muni. Yeah. I feel like that broke the internet the day that that <laughs> news dropped. Like it was like leading the Broadway briefing. Like everybody was freaking out about that. When did this come into your orbit? It was a pre-pandemic idea, but okay. I was doing Doubtfire and Mike Isaacson, the executive producer at the Muni, you know, we had created a great relationship when I did Kinky Boots and we were talking one day and he said to me, I had this idea. I would love for you to have been Velma, but you're doing Doubtfire. I know you're not going to walk away from Broadway to come do this, um, but that would have been so great. And I was like, oh, wonderful. Like, oh, that's incredible. I never even imagined, but like, huh. So that like, you know, disappears out of my brain. And yeah. Pandemic happens. And then I was in Vegas for a friend's birthday and I get a text from him. It's like, are you still interested? And that idea I had, and I was like, wait, what? And then the timing just worked out. And so it happened for two and a, a quarter performances. Right. Right. Yeah, that right. was really unfortunate. Was it yeah. fun to do, though? Oh, my gosh. Uh, those, it was the best. And I kept saying it was unreal and unreal. And I had to snap out of saying that because I was treating it as unreal and I wasn't giving it my all. I was just like, are, are we still... Mm. And then in rehearsal, I was like, no, you're here. Let's show up. Do the work. It's happening. Get that out of your brain. Uh, yes. And then it made it even so much more fun to have such a supportive cast of people to be working with, many of whom I knew before and others I didn't. And so it was great to have that support to be able to tell that story and create our special version of Chicago. Oh, I love it. Who was your Roxy? Uh, Sarah Bowden. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. And then Emily Skinner was in it. Yes. The legend herself. Yes. Have you seen Chicago before? Yes. I saw yeah. the, Broadway, the Broadway company. Yeah. Were there any iconic Velma performances you were drawing on for yours? Or were you really just making it Jay? 
I was really making it me. That was one of the things I wanted to make sure that I was true to. Uh, I didn't want to go into it with it, putting on expectations of certain things. I wanted to make sure that I was honoring myself and, and my voice and, and how I wanted to portray Velma. Of course, honoring the truth and the history and the legacy of her but also adding my own special layer and, and story. So what you're saying is when you're done with Doubtfire, Chicago will be calling and Bianca is going to pass the torch on to you. Oh, Bianca, that fierce woman. Listen, she, uh, <laughs> and there's a bootleg of her on YouTube, but her being Roxy. And yes. I, oh my Lord, the choices, the vocals, the dancing. I was like, ma'am. And then even while I was at the Muni, um, Natasha who played uh, Velma in the Muni production nine years before me was in On Your Feet um, playing oh. the mom. And so she saw our designer run and it, that made me so nervous. I was like, oh God, another Velma. What? <laughs> and she came up to me at intermission and gave me the biggest hug. And she was like, you are hitting this so hard. I live like, I was like, oh, thank you. From one Velma to another, like, there's nothing. Oh my yeah. God. Now the the one that, cause Connor and I were lucky enough to just go see the, for the first time ever, see it on Broadway with Anna Villafanye and Lilius White and everybody yeah. and Bianca, of course. Yeah. And what I was, what I forgot is that it's, it was like a transfer of the, of this concert. So it's, it's more of a bare bones, like um, all blacks yeah. and everything yeah, yeah. like very, very um, not necessarily like a big high, Falutin type musical that you might see. What was the Muni's staging concept? Is it similar there? No, we, I mean, we really created this world and, and dove in and, and gave you the fullness of it and, and gave you like the production numbers and then, you know, bounce back and forth and what you would expect of a theatrical experience. Um, yeah. I am so envious of those audiences. <laughs> Got to see it. I know. I think I think you're just gonna have to go in on Broadway once once your contract with Doubtfire is. You know, maybe maybe they can let you go you for know. like a month, and you can do because you know Chicago does oh, yeah. do those short contracts. So you know, one never knows. We'll one see. never knows. I know. One never knows. Truly. So we're, we've talked about a couple of the things you're you're doing now that you recently did, but something we like to ask all of our guests about is the very beginning of this life in the show in, in the business we call show where you recognize that you wanted to be a part of it and we call it the ring of keys moment um, as it pertains to a life in the arts jay do you feel like you had that moment i i most definitely did uh, it, it took me until high school to really decide i was going to do it um and funny enough a show and movie that have always played a big part in my life is the mm. Wiz. Um, I, as a kid, I saw it and it has always just stuck out in my mind as this epitome of black excellence and talent and beauty and just everything to me. And in 10th grade, I got to play the Tin Man in our high school production of it. And it was such a moment. Like there are people to this day from my hometown who still call me the Tin Man <laughs> and that doing that production, making my own costume, all the things about it was just like, oh, this is where I need to be on stage doing this thing. Um, and to be able to do it, even with that that show, I, I didn't know how to tap at the time. And so <laughs> I spray painted an old pair of Stacey Adams dress shoes I had that had a wooden sole and just like shuffled uh -huh. around. And after the show, my brother was like, dude, when did you learn to tap? That was incredible. And I was like, yeah. 
there's power there's power in this thing you know to be able to <laughs> fake and and make people believe that so yeah the whiz has always been something special the tin man has the best number i think i mean come on slide them all <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I remember when they did the whiz live neo i think was the tin man yeah and yeah he, he ate that song. <laughs> yeah. i was i was like wait this is like the best one of all of the the lion tin man and scarecrow yeah of um, course home home is is the best song in the whiz yes it is so after high school and after doing the whiz what happened next what brought you how did you end up in New York? I moved here straight out of high school uh, and studied at AMDA. And uh, I needed any reason to get out of North Carolina. So I shot here immediately after and then never looked back. And is that when drag came into your life? Yes. My last semester at AMDA for our drama showcase, our director wanted me to audition a scene where I assumed I was playing this character, Big Daddy, because I was the only man and everybody else was, you know, a female. And he was like, no, I want you to be Angelessa. And I was like, what? Which was this female wrestler in the scene. And he was like, you're a big guy. I thought, I just wanted to see how you read it. So we did. And he's like, great, you're doing it for the showcase. And I was like, wait, what? Um, and it was the first season that RuPaul's Drag Race had come out. Okay. And so I was using it as a character study. Because uh-huh. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I've never freed myself to like show this side. Uh, and then after I graduated, and went and worked at Tokyo Disney, I would go home and play and make up in my apartment and lip sync on my photo booth app yes. and like play around. <laughs> and then I went out for my 21st birthday and my friends were like, you have to do this. You have to keep this up when you get back to New York. And I was very reluctant to do that because I grew up in North Carolina. My father's a pastor. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very religious family. So I was like, no, 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 no. We keep all this secret and separate. Like I had different pages, all the things. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, my family didn't. My family didn't know I did drag until I was in Kinky Boots on tour, and my dad was like, "Oh, it's funny. You get paid to imitate drag queens. Just don't bring any wigs home." Mm. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, we need to talk. the time has <laughs> the time has come <laughs> for you to look up <laughs> Crystal Demure on Instagram." Okay, <laughs> no, I I fully sat my dad down. We had like a great day together before he saw the show, and we were having dinner. And I was like, "Hey, just so you know." yes, I get paid to do this, but also like outside of this, this is a part of my life. Like this is a part of my ministry. And I showed him pictures and he was like, wait, that's my son. I was like, yeah. I was like, I styled that wig. I did the makeup. This is, you know, I put this work into this art because I love it. And it's a part of how I reach people and how I affect people. Um, and that took us on a journey and now you can't shut him up. He's like showing pictures of me to the deacons at church in my kinky boots. And he's so proud and it's still, we're still learning every day, but we've come a long way. Of course. So then he saw the show the next day. After yeah. This co- and and yes. was he, was he a little bit apprehensive then? No, he, I mean, he was very excited to see the show and uh, I will never forget the end of the show after bows, like vividly is coming back to my mind of, him just like pointing at me as I was walking off into the wing and just like being so proud. And he saw the show by the time we were done like seven times and we've had many moments. There was a a moment in time where our family, we were going back and forth and having issues. And I had called this big family meeting and he came as I was angrily packing my bag and he was standing in the doorway. He said, you know, I think about you singing that song, Not My Father's Son on the road. And he immediately broke down and I couldn't look at him 
because he was like, you are my son. I love you. You're a part of me. And I was just like, oh God, oh God, I've never seen, this man doesn't cry. What is happening? Oh God. (laughs) But Kinky Boots really changed my life, changed our family dynamic, you know, everything truly. Oh my God. How beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm thinking about how art really can, you know, you change the world when you change your mind, kinky bit reference, but it can really open, open you up and open audiences up to connections and finding new ways to talk about things and think about things. That's so, that's so special. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Kinky boots. I always said was, uh, was therapy for me. I got to get my mess out in the show every night. There were definitely moments where singing Not My Father's Son, it was like, oh, we've got to hold because I this I'm having a moment. Um, or hold me in your heart. Like that, it was truly therapy for me. And it's so funny, even doing Doubtfire, because now my parents have separated after 34 years of being married. And I'm like, and it's funny that I'm in this show about yeah. <laughs> family and, and divorce and I'm like, ah, oh, look at the mirror of our imitating life. Like, look at us. Isn't that what good theater is? It takes the mirror and holds it up to the audience. Yeah. That yeah. is so special. Wow. I appreciate you being so open and sharing all of that, Jay. That's that's so interesting, especially that you came from North Carolina, where I could imagine that a lot of the themes of the show, they're not necessarily made fun of, but they're definitely made to like think about things a little bit. Like the character Don yeah. serves that purpose, I think, through a lot of it. And I know that you then became like the, the go-to, like whenever they needed someone to come in on Broadway, it was you, you, you and Wayne Brady would like switch out. (laughs) Yeah. I ended up the last two years of the the Broadway run. I was there for most of it. And it's so crazy to think I had seven different Charlies just in the two years of being on Broadway. Girl, I've had seven different Charlies too. (laughs) (laughs) So you had David Cook, right? Yes. And then it was Brendan Urie and then uh, Tyler Glenn. From the Neon Trees. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. Jake Shears, right? Yep, yep. So all these pop stars, like, what the heck? Were you with Jake Shears? He is, like, one of my biggest, like, celebrity crushes of all time. I'm sure they all brought their little flair. Like, you know, they all oh, have yeah, their signature sure. thing that they do in their real music. So I'm sure they took it to the stage. And that was the, that's what made it so fun to be able to... My Lola got to change and got to grow because I got to play with different people and and really use them. And, and it was my favorite thing to get them in the show and, and then get to know them and ask them, you know, questions about themselves so that I can infuse that into our work and like bring that into what we were doing. I, one of my favorite things was to ask them what pissed them off. So that in act two, when we had that argument, if there were ways I could like infuse things that actually pissed them off, and sometimes it would really get them and they were like, oh, oh no, <laughs> your method, your method performer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, if we're doing it, let's do it. Oh my God. That fight in act two, I, you know, you root for, for Charlie the whole time, but you also root for Lola. I, I hate Charlie by the time he's get coming around. Like when he's so mean in the factory, Kinky Boots is one of my favorite shows. So I've had a lot of time to think about this, but then like he wins you of back course. over when he's yeah. the soul of a man and everything's fine. Yeah. 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 Once he hits those high notes. Um, wait, so going back, this is this is not a transition at all, but you mentioned that you you watched the first mm-hmm. season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, was there what was it about that show that you connected to? Because it is my absolute favorite show. I am obsessed. Well, I, I mean, again, it always comes back to the boots in some way or other, because I really, mm-hmm. I really am real life Lola in a lot of ways. I was that little kid sneaking and playing in my mom's shoes. And like hiding the heel marks in the carpet, making sure no one knew 
And so to see these people, these drag artists expressing themselves in such a way so freely, so openly and on television, it was like, oh, I, I, I vaguely like am intrigued by that. And something in me is drawn to it. What is that thing? And I, when I started doing drag, I said I never imagined, I never imagined myself being a drag queen. Um, but I was like, that's a full lie because the way I like twirled in my mom's clothes and like all the things, uh, <laughs> it's like I've always loved the pomp and circumstance of it and and the expression and drag is just so freeing and it's really helped me mm. in finding the fullness of who I am as an individual. That's so special. Was there any queens on RuPaul's Drag Race that you absolutely loved and and felt inspired by in creating Crystal? Subconsciously, they all inspired her, but truly Crystal is uh, an amalgamation of the women in my life. Wow. Uh, women have always been the people who see me, who support me and who like love me. Uh, so honestly, I, I find joy and pride in representing and honoring all of the women who have inspired me in my life and that's why in my drag you know there are some queens who are like i'm only blonde i only do these kinds of looks i'm only this whatever i love to see how different i can look how much i can like play like as rupaul says we're all born naked and the rest is drag so it's like i i -hmm. am not the kind of person i don't like doing the same thing over and over again if i can do different makeup even if you give me the same palette to do i'm like great i'm gonna find a way to make this different (laughs) <laughs> yes, I love that. Now, is uh, is Crystal a showgirl? Like, does she do a lot of uh, musical theater numbers? I do it all, really. I think subconsciously, my subtitle, my my like tagline is like Queen of Soul. It, it, like, when you see mm. me, you know that like you're gonna get a funky soul for. Come good on, time. catchphrases! You're ready for Drag Race. <laughs> have you ever auditioned? I have auditioned twice. Um, but I, I knew I was not ready at the time. One of the times I was actually working on a cruise ship and didn't even have my drag with me, but I was like, I'm committed to making this video and I'm going to make it work. Um, and that was my second time. But even the first time I was like, I'm not ready for this, but my friends were like, if you don't do it, we'll make a video for you. You have to do this. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, I don't know that that's a part of my journey, Mm -hmm. at least right now. I never say never, but. Um, well, you yeah. know that they'd, they'd know that you were Lola and they'd say, you know, we're, we're not getting enough crystal. We're, we're seeing Lola <laughs> right now. You know, they'd come up with some produced storyline in, in that way. <laughs> they could try, but they would never succeed. Honey, yeah. then, I'd be like, Bob the Dragon, why are you gagging? So she brings yes. it to you every ball. Don't you worry, honey. <laughs> Listen, because she loves it. I, she'll always take the note. A true professional. Now, because I, I remember reading, we did all this research on you, that you would host like a weekly show as Crystal Demure yeah, in I, New York. I, for the longest time, when I started, I had I did a lot of drag competitions and I won my own show at New World Stages. And so I did the Crystal Fix um, every Friday night and did that for a, a while before leaving to go do cruise ships. And then I'd come back and co-host and do things and parties and events and even right before we did our out of town for Doubtfire, I did a 10 week engagement at industry um, and oh hosted. Gosh. Yeah. So she pops up every now and then. These Love. Days. I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of her. Oh, never. <laughs> Listen, the drag never dies. She's got a whole room to herself. She's. So that's why you yeah. moved uptown for a little extra space for Crystal. Oh, absolutely. She was tired <laughs> of living in a storage unit. That's so fun. Oh, my goodness. Well, I appreciate you indulging me with all those questions. I... Oh, yeah. Didn't Peppermint go to AMDA? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, Michelle Visage did, too. 
Yes, I learned later. Um, and I met Peppermint when I moved back from Tokyo because a dear friend of mine at the time working there was really good friends with her. He was like, I've got a friend in New York you need to meet. Uh, and he introduced me to her and I was in one of her music videos and oh my goodness yeah we shot it at lips and she's so every time I see her these days it's just like hey queen it's good to see you I love you Mm -hmm. yeah we had her on the show back in June and what a diva and I mean that in the best way she is oh yeah everything she's so fun and fierce and iconic just like you, Jay. <laughs> okay, wait. So before we move on to our closing segment, I want to ask about your experience and what to expect in the Sanderson variant that we can watch tomorrow, right? <laughs> can you tease anything? I mean, you get your your good old disco inferno vibes. Your <laughs> that that whole project was like unreal. It just became more than I even expected it to be. <laughs> And I'm I'm grateful for it and that opportunity. It was that was honestly a moment that was pushing for it, it pushed me beyond my own limits and and boundaries. Um, and I'm grateful that Jay reached out to ask me to be a part of it. And it's I mean, it's everything. The whole thing. It's just like oh yeah, yeah I'm so happy to be a part of it. Yeah, they go all out. Are you a big Halloween fan? I mean. My life is Halloween. I I play dressing, so I'm like it. And and growing up, it wasn't a thing. Like I didn't dress up. We didn't go. We went to church on Halloween. We went to Hallelujah night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you truly uh, is it? Was it a pat? Your dad was yeah, a pastor. Yeah, a pastor. So yeah. wow. So there was no Halloween growing up. That is so interesting. <laughs> no candy. Oh my no, God. no, no. My first <laughs> Halloween was when I moved to New York, uh, and. At 18, a friend of mine and I got dressed. We had a, a party at AMDA and she did my makeup and I was like an Egyptian, Egyptian prince or something. And we went downtown to the Halloween parade and ended up sneaking into the parade and like walking in the, that was, that was my first Halloween. Uh, like, wow, I really missed out as a kid. This, this is what you do on Halloween. <laughs> That's so fun. Do you, have a, do you have a preview on Halloween this year? It's on a Sunday, right? No, no, yeah. we're actually off. Yeah. Kind of nice. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm well, I'm excited for the Sanderson variant. I will certainly let you know what, what I think. Oh my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we are at the end of our chat here and we like to say goodbye with a little dose of drama to leave our listeners with, you know, and it is, it is Halloween this week and I'm in the spirit. I got to see Halloween Kills starring Jamie Lee Curtis, <sighs> Judy Greer, and of course, Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, Kyle Richards. And y'all, my dose of drama is that Kyle Richards ate. She was amazing in this film, this 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 hit film. I mean, she really did it. She had the bangs. There's all these stories that she didn't do Botox for six months so that she could really emote for this film. And let me tell you, Brave. she goes wow. for it. Dylan, you're going to be gagged. I'm seeing it today. So when this comes out, I'll have seen it. But I'm so excited because she, of course, was in it as a little girl. Yes. Isn't that crazy that... So I have a I have a question. So is she's playing the same character, of course. She is. They kind of and I, this isn't really a spoiler, but they bring back a lot of characters who were in like the first one and maybe the second Halloween film, which I don't think was canon, but anyway, they bring back like the other little boy that's there and then a nurse and and then they they do some revisionist history and add another character and they show flashbacks, but Love it. It's the idea is that, you know, in the first Halloween in 2018, we see most of Halloween night from like Jamie Lee Curtis and her family's perspective, but now they kind of like turn the camera a little bit. And although those characters are still in it, they're like, okay, this was also happening on Halloween. These other people who were affected by Michael Myers are also 
still out there and still haunted by the trauma of what he's done. So it's so. wicked. It's it's wicked that you see what was happening while Dorothy was there. <laughs> yeah, it it's wicked, but with a serial killer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's crazy. It's cockamamie. We'll talk well, about. I can't it wait once to you've see it. it. I can't wait yeah. to see it. Cockamamie. <laughs> Who says cockamamie anymore? I live. <laughs> okay. My my dose of drama is. I mentioned earlier. I saw Rocky Horror. Um, over the weekend and I've been thinking about it how you know how when like people they always say this needs a revival so and so musical needs a Broadway revival people love saying that about shows that like they pretend are underappreciated but like actually were like beloved or a cult hit I think Rocky Horror does need a revival but not a Broadway one put it off Broadway put it in like the Lucille Lortel or like a theatery vibe so you feel like you're in the picture show you know and and you can do the props you can you can run it at a better cost and and you can have fun and bring in all these different icons to play the different roles I mean Jay 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 Frankenfurter maybe I mean that being said I will be at Joe's Pub with the Skivvies on November 1st a little tease little tease right there for the, for the Rocky Horror Show, so uh, can you say what number you're doing, or is that a secret? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that that's a I'll keep that to myself okay. for now. The Skivvies like to keep surprises. You gotta buy a ticket yes, to the show, but you won't be disappointed. I'm sure of okay. it. Okay, and the the look is coming together. I, <laughs> see, I didn't even know any of this, and look look at what a natural uh, segue see, that was. That, yes, <laughs> but that wasn't gonna be my dose of drama. Yeah, would you have some drama for us, Jay? Well, my drama is. Not spooky thing. That's, right. That's okay. But recently I saw Chicken and Biscuits on Broadway. Yes. I have not laughed that hard in so long. And I appreciated it from beginning to end, from pre-show music, from the audience, just clapping and singing along, like having praise and worship and like going into this show. It was so soul filling and just a good time. So Please, if you get a moment, go see Chicken and Biscuits and laugh your behind off. Like, have a good time. You mentioned earlier that something was like, you know, playing out your life on stage. I feel like now all of a sudden I'm like, well, Norm Lewis was the pastor and your dad was a pastor. And I mean, there's this son, you know. I trust. I knew these characters all too well. I we to see it as well. And we love yes, it. Yes. The, the actress who played the sister who, yes, the, like the mom's sister. Uh-huh. So funny. Oh, oh my, God. my God. I need yeah. I need to know her name. We need to get her on the pod. I know. We had Natasha Yvette Williams on uh, recently. <laughs> and it was like, she, of course, plays this. A mysterious, a mysterious character. A mysterious role. No spoilers. No spoilers on her. Who role. also is from North Carolina. Yes. Yes, she is. We um, randomly did a project together. We were on Zoom. And she was like, yeah, I'm in North Carolina right now. And I was like, wait, what? Where? It's just like, <laughs> we're literally from the same hometown. It's like so crazy. Something in the water. I said. Yeah. <laughs> I love Chicken and Biscuits too. I was laughing the whole time. I haven't seen a Broadway show. Well, I mean, I guess none of us have in a while, but Kai, right. let alone a play. a play, let alone a play. That was just feel good. You know, it was so yeah. good. It yeah. filled me yeah. up. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And I was a little hungry <laughs> afterwards. Listen, I was mad they weren't serving them in the lobby. I was like, why are we not doing a waitress moment and pumping the scent through the theater? What's happening here? Yeah, yeah. Or Oklahoma did the the uh, cornbread. Yeah, the and, chili. Uh, COVID times, though. Chili. You know, COVID. We can't. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it was amazing. And, and that's, I mean, I was most, I knew I was in for a good time when the pre-show music was happening and people in the audience were singing along 
and and Connor and I looked at each other. We were like, "This is so fun! Like, what if this is what we've been missing? You know, since theater really went away." Oh yeah, and I I saw it with one of my best friends, and so it was really great to also share that pre-show moment of him being a not a black person and not knowing this music and being able to like educate him on like who these people were and like even some very smart ways of the music they chose and how it happened because I don't want to give things away and like but sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's stuff it's stuff that like we as black people in the culture know and like pick up on and I literally was just about to expound on something for him and then it's like oh the show's starting I can't even get into it we'll talk about it later <laughs> but it's like that and it's because the show is so it's so black and I love that mm-hmm. Um, and to see that on Broadway and celebrate it and enjoy it in such a way, just like I said, filled me up. Love it. I love that you share that as your dose of drama because people need to buy tickets because some white critics didn't get it, you know? And, and, and I don't know where my place is as someone to say, like, you need to go see this show. And I think that everyone can find something special in this show. And I, I really hope that it gets its full run. And I hope that people really get get down with it. There's great lower price tickets on today yeah. ticks and i'm sure they're doing a rush and other things it's a must see this yeah season. truly very much so love it oh my gosh well jay thank you so much for being a part of the podcast of coming on drama it was seriously such a dream as i told you before i think before we started recording i'm such a fan so it was lovely to meet you and get to chat with you thank you such a pleasure to chat with you all today you are and I- a, a delight what were you gonna say connor oh i was just gonna say i cannot wait to go see doubtfire mm-hmm soon dylan you're gonna come with me though so what's when you come visit the city yeah we'll knock on the stage door we'll be like hey remember us (laughs) oh please do please let me know when you come (laughs) um jay where can everybody follow you online on all the socials at jay harrison g um yeah easy very easy what about crystal is is there is crystal still have an account yes but i don't use it because now i just like throw it all together i don't hide it anymore and so it's like it's still there and i'm like do I? And I don't know that I have the energy to commit to like running all the accounts anymore. It's like, <laughs> oh, yes, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for everything. Thank you for all of your performances over the years and all that's to come. We are so excited. Thank you so much. And of course, everyone, in when you're following Jay, follow us at the Drama Podcast. Follow me at Dylan McDowell. Follow Connor at Connor McDowell. And Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.